Okay, it says we're live, so hopefully everybody starts logging in soon. Hey, look, we got Anthony. So, hey, Anthony. What's up, Anthony? How you doing, my man? All right, so everybody on Facebook that you are watching, this is another live episode of the Hilco Homes podcast, or what we are now calling, we have completely revamped, redesigned, redone all of Hilco's branding, and you're, this is the first official episode of the Deep Dive Hilco Homes podcast. So, welcome guys. Today, we have a special guest. He's a good friend of mine. He's actually the guy who, way back when, introduced me to Marco and got me into this whole real estate thing to begin with. So we have here Casey Klaus, uh, probably one of the nicest people I have ever met. And uh, both him and his family are some of like, the best people to hang out with. Um, so they bring so much value to whoever they're around. And uh, yeah, we're glad to have you here on the show. Uh, if you want to do a little bit, introduce yourself. I know you work with Lifestyles. Yeah, so uh, I could talk about the company, right? A little yeah, bit? yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, my name is Casey Klaus, as he said, and I work with Lifestyles Unlimited as one of their role cores. Our company is Lifestyles Realty. We're pretty much a sister company that supports the Lifestyles Unlimited, which they are an education and mentoring group in San Antonio that helps people uh, gain financial independence through real estate, okay. uh, investing in rental properties. So they yeah. teach them the ups and Lifestyles, downs. Lifestyles, is that a national company? Or that is, is definitely it, a national company. Uh, is it like a franchise type thing? No, no. It, the okay. CEO, his name is Del Walmsley. Uh, he's been... He's been open since 1996 or something, you know, 26, 27 years, and has grown. Uh, First, it started off in Houston, and then it went to Texas, through several cities in Texas, and now it's national. Okay. uh, You know, and, uh, you know, all of these members, their goal is to uh, start off with single-family properties and kind of like Monopoly leverage up into apartment communities, and that's what they do. It's kind of like what we're trying to do here at Hillco, like... Uh, for anybody who watches, you guys know and you've seen Marco talk a lot about the importance of education and not just being an investor to get after it for the financial freedom or you know the, the, the money, the cash flow. Um, ultimately, it comes down to the knowledge, applying that knowledge in a useful and impactful way. That's, what, that's where the true freedom comes in. So here at Hillco, you know, everybody on the team is encouraged to become an investor. So Alex and myself, you know, we're looking at deals. We're actually uh, on track to find uh, land a couple of private money lenders. So if you're out there and you have some private funds that you would like to do in a uh, in a wholesale capacity, we're definitely someone you can talk to. But we also have other resources where you know deals that we have don't work for you. You can reach out to someone like Casey who works with Lifestyles and represents Lifestyles members. Right. So with that said, that's also a very important distinction because like at Hillco, like, you don't have to pay to be a member on our buyers list to find our deals. Yep. But at Lifestyles, it's a kind of a different structure. Can you talk about what that member right. is like? At Lifestyles, uh, you know, they have different programs and one of the initial programs is, is just you know, you go in there and you go for a two-day event and you pay a nominal fee, 
<clears throat> and you're getting 16 hours of education, so that way by the time you're done, you should be able to go and invest in single-family rental properties right off the bat. The upper-level programs where I'm involved um, is where, you know, they're going to pay, you know, anywhere from, you know, up to 20 grand if, you know, depending on the level. Yeah. And once they pay that, well, then now you're getting a mentor that's going to hold your hand through the whole process. You're also going to have access to be able to learn how to buy apartment complexes. Mm-hmm. Um, but with mine, it's just the single family side. So you're also going to okay. get the realtors that are involved. So what is my message? Why am I out here? Well, I'm looking for wholesalers and uh, people that would be able to bring me these kind of discounted deals yeah. for our members. Uh, our membership um, hires me basically mm-hmm. I'm working for them to be able to find these properties that will fit their criteria yeah, yeah yes we do listings and we do leases all the other stuff that normal realtors do but ethically I can't f- just help some uh, mom and pop on the side hey can you find me a property to invest in no you have to be a member that's mm-hmm. you know they're special <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, I think this is a, a great example. So, you know, like you guys know, I'm a, my, one of my big, my main businesses is in consulting. I do systems consulting, right? I help businesses become more efficient. And in this one table, this one room, this is like a great example of vertical integration where you have all aspects of the puzzle coming together very nicely. You know, we got the, uh, the system set in place, we have the wholesale side of the deal, and then we have the person who's needing the wholesale side of the deal so everything can come together. So um, I know like Alex likes to, to plug in here all the time and talk about his workshops, which by the way are fantastic. So if you're trying to get into wholesaling, check out his stuff. Um, but if you're in that situation where you're trying to get started in wholesaling or maybe you are a wholesaler and you're kind of you know in transition with things and you're trying to figure out where you can you can uh, build your niche uh, definitely reach out to us because we are very uh, we communicate a lot with Casey and his people and they're always looking for deals so even if you can refer us to a deal we'll get it done for you you know just right. bring it to us we'll we'll work with you guys right um, there's there's no there's no reason why we can't all win and why we can't all get a, a piece of that pie but um, so the the goal of this particular episode is um, to talk a little bit about a different strategy when it comes to real estate because the majority of our stuff that if you if you're a dedicated listener dedicated follower um, a lot of what we do is wholesaling that's what we talked about because that's what we that's what the company is Hillco homes is a whole wholesale operation but wholesaling is only one aspect to what you can do in your real estate investing experience mm-hmm. um, it's what I refer to as a great cash strategy because you don't need a lot to get in, um, and you sell those contracts. You capitalize on the on the assignment fee. It's great cash in your pocket. You can turn around and do something else with that. Some people will uh, put that into a flip. Others will put that as a down payment into uh, you know either conventional financing or private loan to do a buy and hold rental. Now with the rentals, we haven't really talked a lot about that. We we uh, acknowledge that it's there because it's something that is a common. Uh, a common topic amongst real estate investors, but it just so happens Casey is the guy to go to when it comes to single family homes. So when you want to talk about 
buy and hold rentals. And this is a great time and opportunity for you to do so. While we are live here on Facebook, send us your questions. We're, I'm looking at it right here on my computer. So I can see that when, when you're on, and if you have questions, we'll answer it here live. And so Casey, uh, before we talk about the importance and how you can fit single family rentals in your portfolio, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you got into real estate to begin with. How did that, I get into real estate? Yeah, I mean, I know the story because he I know knows the story because we've been—it's a fun story. But we've been drinking beer and hanging out for years, <laughs> talking. That's all we do is talk shop. Yeah, yeah, of course. So for our audience, like uh, you know, people watching this come from all walks of life. So you might your story might resonate right. with someone who right. ha is in a similar situation. So yeah, you know, sure. So if you if you're comfortable with that, you know, share. How did you absolutely learn about real estate? <clears throat> okay, so wholesalers sometimes will pick up a list on a pre-foreclosure list and then they'll go and knock on doors and you know they're trying to help out somebody that's going to go through foreclosure. I was one of those people years and years ago. Mm -hmm. People were knocking on my door because I was going through my country song. And my country <laughs> song was I lost my house, I lost my car, I lost my job, I lost my dog, I, lost, I mean literally lost everything and I was going through hell with a pregnant wife with my very first baby years ago. She's now, you know, 14 years old. And these people were knocking on my door and they just had no empathy. They didn't care, they were rude. They were just trying to steal, they were vultures stealing my house from underneath me. And I would slam the door in their face. I'd rather be foreclosed on and go through this process than sell you this property. So now I have this unique selling proposition whenever I'm talking to wholesalers now. Right. I understand the game. So from there, what did everybody do? We read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and we read everything that we can get our hands on and start really educating ourselves right. and taking control of our lives. So I went for one of my dreams. I became a firefighter paramedic, and I was a firefighter paramedic for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. While I was a firefighter paramedic, I was also still you know, doing odd jobs, whatever, but I was learning about real estate from Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow game on how to basically become financially independent, have my passive income, uh, exceed all my expenses so I didn't have to rely on a job. Right. Yes, the fire department was secure and it was fun, whatever, but it was 24 on, 48 off, and it was, if I can use the vernacular, balls to the wall all <laughs> night long, and yeah. you're exhausted when you get done, and so there was really no time. For sure. Yeah. Um, and that's a young man's game, not somebody in their middle ages, you know, going into a burning building and, you know, whatever. So. Those guys that retire, they have a retirement forever. Well, I didn't have that chance. I still had many years to go until I was gonna get retirement. And I was doing the numbers, and I was like, man, my pension is gonna be about that big after 20, 25 years of work when I can go buy three rentals and make the same amount of money. So I went to this mentoring group along with other type of seminars and stuff. And this was a local company in my town. I could walk in their office if this was a sham, I can, mm -hmm. you know, I, I can hammer them. That's just the type of person I am. But they weren't, and they were real. And right. I pulled my wife screaming and kicking because she's the skeptic. And I was like, look, <laughs> baby, these, they're doing case studies. These are real people in my city talking about that property on that street. I know where that street is. I know where that house is. This is how they're rehabbing it. This is how they're renting it out. They, they told the whole system, we bought an ugly house. We fixed it up. We used special financing. We were able to rent it out. Now we have cash flow, and they were chunking their expenses away by buying $200, $300, $400 a month cash flow per property. Mm -hmm. So you do the math, and I was like, man, you know, at the time, my bills were $3,000 a month. Yeah. 
Yeah. So to me, I needed 10 rentals. Mm-hmm. And at the fire station, I'd be working out or walking around. You know, you walk around and you're running or working, whatever. I'd be listening to this guy on the radio, Del Wamsley, and his partner at the time, uh, Steve Davis, talk about this stuff. And you just fill your brain with that stuff. And so then what do you do? Well, you start off where you can. So if you're a wholesaler and you don't have any cash or you don't have any credit, that's an easy way to start building up some capital. Or if you take on a partner like I did, I took on a partner. Uh, one of the guys I was working out with, he was a, a veterinarian. I was like, mm-hmm. hey man, you know, this was during 2006, seven, eight, so the stock market coming down. I was like, how much yeah. are you making in your stock? Uh, I'm not losing money. But how about if I make, make you 10%? Well, how does that work? Good question. Let's start talking. <laughs> and we partner up. And then yeah. we partner up on a few deals and we try to do a flip. We only made like 500 bucks after four months of hard work. <laughs> then we tried to do a you rental. Made you made something though, right? Well, that was because I knew the roofer. The roofer was like, all right, here's 500 bucks back. But we cut even. We cut even. Okay. So nobody lost money. But I mean, you can either spend thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 in education, yeah. or you can just go do it and really learn at it and hopefully you don't get tarred, yeah, right? That's, that's, that's how it was with my first business. Was like uh, when I, uh, the first business... I, I really ever had was in financial services and then after that I was at a point where um, it was like I'm doing okay with it but I had enough free time that I could do something else pursue another pass- yeah. passion so I picked up the, the uh, media production so that's when mm-hmm. that's way back when, when I started like managing bands recording them mm-hmm. uh, like doing their promotion and stuff like that and like I put in maybe three thousand dollars into that business and for me my goal was I needed to make that money back and plus some by the end of the year for me to consider it like as a successful experiment. And right. I, and I did. Like I, I basically just broke even by the end of the year. Yeah. And for me, I was like, that was a twelve month flip. Like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is too much work. Like for the, for the amount of like return on right, this, like, right. That's too much work. You know? Right. And I, 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 but it was. It ended up working out because like I, it was a valuable skill set. And as you can see, like I'm doing all this stuff. You know, like this is. This is stuff I've been doing for years because I started out with an experiment. Right, right, right. And, and that's, it just takes time. But uh, I, I wanted to expand a little bit about something you, you said about um, partnering up and you know getting into deals even though you have bad credit. Because I think for a lot of people who want to get into real estate, that's something that... Um, that I guess it's a limiting factor. Um, mm-hmm. And I know, I think Marco puts it the best way is that it's a, it's a mental block. Like it's if your attitude is that you can't do it because your credit is bad, um, then you know, like Henry Ford said, uh, if you if you think you can do it, you can. If you think you can't do it, you can't. Because right. ultimately, your mind. ultimately, if you if you've already made that decision that you're not going to be able to do it, then yeah. you're not. Um, right. And uh, and I I want to point out, and I know we've we've talked about it a couple times, but not in a lot of detail. That um, even if you have bad credit, you can still do deals like uh, like a flip, for example. I'm just going to use that as an example because with hard money loans, the most common right. type of lending for right. those types of deals um, are based on the asset, not on your credit. A lot of times, and most lenders are going to look at um, uh, they will ask for things like a bank statement to make sure, sure that you yeah. have enough do you have capital a job? on hand to pay, <laughs> to pay back, back the loan. Yeah. Yeah. And even if you if you can't pay back the loan, the loan is based on the the house. So if you can't make those payments, they're just going to take the house, and then they're going to finish the flip basically and make money off of it on the back end. They're going to make their money either way. Right. And for you, 
if you have bad credit, that's a particularly interesting situation because you don't need credit to get a hard money loan. You just need to be able to have some uh, funds available to do like your down payment, pay the loan origination fees, mm-hmm. have a little bit on hand in case your rehab expenses go beyond what you thought they originally would be. Um, and that happens to a lot of people. Um, so before we Actually continue, I just want to make a quick pause, say shout out to uh, Amber, uh, Daniel, the new guy, um, uh, Chrissy's on. She says, oh, my wife? Yeah, she says, <laughs> I did kick and scream, LOL. I stuck by him, though, and it has been totally worth it. Uh, <laughs> oh, Hillary, that's sweet. Uh, uh, Hillary puts a heart emoji, um, and then... Marco says we all rock on this episode. So thanks, guys. Right. Thanks thank for it, watching. Thank Amber, I need you to tell me some sweet stuff too, man. <laughs> she probably has it's a so funny. The desk right like, now, it's just our family, but pretty soon it's going to be Like on my YouTube channel, I'm like, I'm like, well, thanks, guys, for watching. Yeah. And all six of you. I do have one new subscriber, so that's yeah, cool. Yeah, I have seven growing. subscribers now. <laughs> I don't think I want my family watching. They'll probably like embarrass me. <laughs> Okay. So you're talking about credit. Yeah. Okay. So we went through the foreclosure mm-hmm. and then my goal was, you know, I got employment because you have to have a nice solid job and then you can start rebuilding back up. Right. It took me two years to be able to get into a new house. So those of you that have gone through your country song, within two years, you can be able to buy another property. Now, when I went through the program, they told us, you know, hey, this is the criteria for you to be able to get the loan. You need a 650 credit score. You need to be making three times the amount of mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're going to borrow, whatever, all these different stuff that you do, that you need. And I was a Dave Ramsey fan, and I had, like, everything paid off. I paid off my credit cards. I paid off, you know, mm-hmm. all of this stuff, right? And so I remember that my bank asked me, well, why are you, you know, cutting, cutting up your credit cards? And I was like, Dave Ramsey. And we, we got rid of it, okay? So, yeah. It's just like, okay, well, that was a mistake. I mean, it's good for people that, you know, are going to go through that program and pay off all of their debt if that's their philosophy. However, right. I was trying to invest in real estate. And one of the things that you need in real estate to be an investor is credit. Now, you can. There are other strategies that we've already talked about. But I remember going to the hard money lender, the first one. And he looked at me and he looked at my credit. He was like, you don't have any credit. You don't have any credit score. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I want to invest in real estate. <laughs> and he says, come back in two years, man, after you've got your credit. So what is credit? Credit is credibility. Right. Do you pay your bills on time? So I, I went through all the books on how to you know, really fix your credit, started looking at my credit report. And I really put some focus on it. It was like, the lenders are the ones that are going to give you the money. So ask them, what do I need to do? And they're going to straight up tell you. Do not have any late payments, no more than 30-day late payments at all mm-hmm. within a year or within a two-year stretch, and pay your bills off. Obviously, with credit cards, keep them below 30%, all the stuff that we pretty much know. Yeah, yeah. But ask the lender, what, how much income do I need to have in order to do this? Ask the lender, what credit score, how do I do this? And you know they're going to guide you because they're the ones that are going to give you the money. Yeah. So I had to be able to learn how to flip. And there are different pieces to this puzzle. Wholesalers like you guys, I love wholesalers. Um, you guys are the ones that are either trick marketing and bandit sales and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And you're going to the sellers and you're sitting down at the kitchen table and you're hammering out a deal, helping them out of a precarious situation. And then you're getting paid for your value by coming to the end buyers with us. Mm-hmm. Does it need any cash or credit? No, it needs just savvy you know, mindset and you're in, in right. thinking on how to do this. Think outside the box. Can you make five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars on an assignment fee or double close and all that other stuff? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
but that's also a job. Right. You're also spending money on marketing. You're also going out and hustling. Right. And then if you get only three or five thousand dollars a month, and you had a great month, and then you spend three to five thousand dollars a month, that's not financial independence. If you have a slow month, then you still have to go out and gear out and sell, sell, sell. Now, can you make a crazy amount of income? Yes. Can you double your income or even triple your income? Absolutely. But what's the final goal of all real estate investors? Is to be able to get financial independence through buying rental properties, either single family or whatever. So how do you it's, get it's any, all about the cash flow? It's all about cash flow, cash flow game. Yeah. And so what's next? Well, you can flip if you want to take on the risk and make a bigger chunk of change. Like on one flip, I made fifty-five grand. Yeah. On another flip, I lost like eighty grand. <laughs> so it's risky. Yeah. But if you do it the right way, yes, you can make some pretty good money. But are you an investor? No. When you invest money, you're expecting a return, right? right. You said in your business, you invested $3,000, you got your $3,000 back, and then at the end of the year, you're looking for a profit. For an investor, what are we looking to do? Like a stock, we want to put the money in there, and we want to return back, and we don't want to do anything. Right. With a rental pro property, we want to put our money into it, let's say 15, 20 grand, that seems to be about the average right now. And then we want to be able to fix it up, and I don't want any phone calls from the tenants, I want everything automated. I want to be able to have it leased out and I want that monthly check coming in into my mm -hmm. bank account with no phone calls for a year at a time right. and then I'll release it or sometimes. My last tenant, he stayed four and a half years and it was awesome, <laughs> you know. Um, <clears throat> so if I get enough of those, well now I'm financially independent and now I can go do what I want. Am I going to stop working? Am I going to sit on the beach for you know, four or five weeks. I can only be on the beach like three days, then I'm bored. I need to go back and yeah. go do something. So you well, have apparently a, I can't be on the boat, so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Apparently you can't be on the boat. But yes, I remember. That's another story guys. Yeah. But you know, you're gonna go back and you're gonna do you do a lot of different uh, you know, your passions and stuff. Well if you're financially independent, you can do your different passions that you're really into and now you have the time because you're not devoted to a job. Right. And it's like like I talk about all the time, it's it's a system. It's a it's a numbers game. You know, you got to find um, once you learn and you figure out what works for you, mm -hmm. you just got to plug in the system. You know, you, you find the pieces, put them together, and then they will work for you. That's ultimately what an investor does. Right. You know, like like you mentioned stocks. You know, that's that's an easy concept that most people will understand when it comes to you know quote unquote investing. You know, most people who put money away in a 401k aren't really investing because they they understand it in terms of savings but as an investor um, it's a low cost you know uh, sometimes low return uh, investment that you can do but it's the same thing with a property like when you buy a piece of, of stock it's equity in a, in a business in a company that company is performing you know they're doing the work they're doing everything that they have to do to make revenue and then because you own a piece of stock a share of their company you get paid a portion of it that's all it is same thing with real estate you own the real estate or you can control the real estate mm -hmm. and you know you have income and expenses coming out of it but at the end of the day as long as your income is net positive I mean you're getting paid for something you didn't have to do you put in all the work up front and it pays you on the back end and 
Uh, Casey touched on something that's kind of a, an important distinction I think that needs to be made. And I, uh, and I have had a couple conversations with individuals who are, uh, you know, they're, they're not in the world of real estate, and, but they want to be, and they're trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to, how to get in. You know, they have some money or they're about to get some money. Um, and, you know, they talk about the same stuff like Dave Ramsey, you know, like this. They're, they're following the Dave Ramsey stuff, which is mm-hmm. great. Um, you know, it's, it's good that you know people are taking control of their own financial future. Right. But you also have to understand that it's a strategy, and not every strategy fits is a good fit for everybody. Right. Um, and so, like going down that route of the you know paying off your credit, paying off your credit cards, cutting up your credit cards, the the whole philosophy behind that is. Um, an individual having the wrong kind of credit because there's good credit and there's bad credit. The good credit is the kind that you use to acquire an asset that will pay it back for you. Whereas a bad credit, let's say you use your credit card to buy a new 80-inch TV. I mean, unless you're using that TV in a sports bar, you're not making any money off of it. Mm -hmm. Like, if it's just sitting in your living room, it's not paying you anything. You're, you're having to pay out of your own pocket to make those payments back on that credit card. It does you no good. Right. So that's why you know, strategies and schools of thought like Dave Ramsey say pay those things off because if your income isn't increasing but your expenses are, the only way to fix that problem is bring down your expenses. Whereas if you're going to use credit to build up a portfolio of assets that are income producing, you know, when you have that that mortgage in place on a rental, your rental mm-hmm. income is going to pay that mortgage and you'll have a little bit extra left over. I mean, after of course, like the insurance, the utilities, if you're, if you're paying utilities for your, for your rental unit or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, there's all kinds of other little things you have to consider setting aside money for, uh, uh repairs, or if you're going to, uh, pay a, uh, a landlord or a management company to, to do all that stuff for you. You know, you got to factor those things in. That's why, on average, you, you know, at least in the San Antonio area, you can look at what a hundred, three hundred a month uh, net revenue from uh, from rental properties. From rental properties. We're looking at um, about three hundred dollars a month is about an average. Yeah. 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 So uh, you you had you definitely touched on a couple of things there that I would like to you know jump in on. So. <clears throat> If you do the Dave Ramsey plan, which is great, and you pay off all of your stuff, and let's say you're making forty, fifty thousand dollars and you're maybe two income, dual income, maybe you're by yourself and you're living in a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollar house, it's gonna take you a long time to pay off your house. And then when you finally do, right. woohoo, house, you know, mortgage burning party or whatever, but then you still gotta go to work <laughs> because you still have expenses. You still have your right. taxes and your insurance and then your regular bills. And if you don't pay your taxes, it's still it's not really your house they can still take it away from you right. so that's a scarcity type of thing I've, I've talked to people where they said hey you know I uh, cut out cable because it's gonna save me $200 a month and after a year that's $2,400 a year and I'm like that's great but how much time did you spend on cutting down your expenses which is a, a strategy versus another uh, putting your, your time into buying assets think about the owners of your company the owners of your company I mean, he just spoke about it on one of his uh, walkthrough podcast things, um, videos, was 
I was helping other people become financially independent by selling them properties, but now I started thinking about buying my own assets that pay me money. So how do you do that? And that's an expansion type of thinking right. versus a scarcity. It's an abundant thinking versus scarcity thinking. Right. Scarcity thinking is, oh my God, like I used to think, oh man, my house payment, it's like 50% of my income, it's killing me. I can't do anything. And then when I flipped it and was like, man, how about if I just double my income? Well, now I can afford anything. And a lot of people, if you're working a job or you're working whatever, uh, you don't have any control. Mm-hmm. Just like you don't have any control over that stock. Your stock is going to pay in a 401. First, you're paying it. It's not paying you back. It's right. a savings vehicle. So if I'm going to invest something, I want money coming back. It's not paying me back in a 401. Yeah. And that's fine. But you have zero control over that. It's not like you can call the head of Walt Disney or Coca-Cola, the CEO, and go, hey, man, you're doing a crappy job. I need better experience. You know, right. better expectations, do a better job, and I want a higher return. You can't do that. But with real estate, I can make sure that my tenant is going to pay me or they're evicted. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure that my, my the quality of my rehab for my contractors are going to be top-notch because I have control over yeah. that. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that everything works so I don't get phone calls anymore. That's where you have control. And then, not only that, on stocks, you get paid maybe two ways by appreciation if it goes up sometimes. We saw it in 2007, 8, 9, when yeah. you know, if you're trying to retire at that time, you were screwed. Or you're going to get dividends. How much which, is a dividend? 5%, which is not guaranteed. <laughs> 5% per year if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah that's, you, know, mean, you get paid I, quarterly. Yeah. Versus now with a with a, just a regular baby little itty bitty single family house, a little eleven hundred square foot house, I can force the appreciation up by fixing it up. I can write off the depreciation. Uh, talk to your tax person, but you can write <laughs> off the depreciation. I get cash flow. That's number one is cash flow, um, and that cash flow could be tax free because the depreciation is going to outweigh your little baby cash flow right. if you do it right. Talk to your CPA, but you can do it. So if you're making three hundred dollars a month times twelve, is thirty six hundred bucks a month. That's a thirty six hundred dollar raise that you just gave yourself for free, no taxes. If I'm paying and stocks, now that rental property is paying your cable bill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's called chunking. There goes my cable bill. I can afford cable now. Woo! Yeah. Plus, <laughs> I'm trying to not only have forced depreciation, but I want that equity. If I'm buying an ugly piece of crap and I'm trying to fix it all up, mm-hmm. I'm expecting for me personally twenty five grand. For you, whatever you want. If you want $15,000 because it's just a nice, easy carpet of paint, or mm-hmm. if you're going to go with a full-fledged, huge rehab and get it all done, that's risk. So what do you want? You want a higher equity. So each property, just think about this, $25,000 per property. And if I could do just by myself slowly four properties per year, that's $100,000 of equity that I picked up on my net worth mm-hmm. at a year and a day. If I decide to harvest that, and sell it. Not only am I paying lower taxes than you are if you pay if you sell your stock, it's like what fifteen percent, maybe twenty percent in taxes. Yeah. If I hold on to it, I've got all of the appreciation, I've got all of the cash flow for the whole year, which was tax free, and I got that equity. So now let's say that I leverage that and sell it and I have a hundred grand now, I put it into a ten thirty one exchange. Mm-hmm. You can learn about a ten thirty one exchange and that money that hundred grand can now go buy Other an apartment complex, 25% down on an eightplex or something. Mm-hmm. And now instead of a little $300 a month cash flow times four or five, mm-hmm. now I'm on an eightplex and just like the cash flow game we play all the time, I'm making $2,500 off that one eightplex. What is my monthly nut? My monthly nut is three or four. 
So if I have one aplex and four more houses, I'm done. I'm on the beach. You can take your stocks and work to death until you're 65 <laughs> years old and hopefully get your IRA at 59 and a half. And if you pull it off before 59 and a half, then you got to pay your taxes and you got to pay a fee and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's that's <clears throat> Wall Street having control of your money and not you. And, and that just comes down to, again, to education. Like when you learn about what tools are available to you because, um, and you know, a lot of what, uh, some of the things that we talk about on the show are obviously generalizations, you know, like, you know, when we talk about stocks, like, that's not the only thing you can do with paper assets, you know, like, if you want to be fancy, let's combine the two, go into a real estate investment trust, have some other company manage and buy real estate for you, and you just get a cut of what they do. I mean, yeah. it's, just, it's the same thing with a lot less work, and, you know, you just hand it off to someone else to do it for you, Right. Um, but still great returns. Um, you know, and the, if you want to be, if you're the hands-off kind of person, uh, if, again, if you want to be fancy, get a self-directed IRA where you can capture the benefits of a retirement account, but use real estate within your retirement account. Mm -hmm. You know, do a flip in your IRA, hold a rental in your IRA. Um, you know, you, it's it, it just depends on what works for you. Um, ultimately, you know, what what kind of comfort level you have when it comes to different asset classes and different strategies. Um, and what tools you have available to you. You know, not everybody uh, wants to do a flip in their IRA, but you know, it's there if you, you, can. If you want. You can. Um, and for some people, that's that's a good strategy, especially if you are, um, you know, at a point where you know some a lot of investors face this at some point where they have too many properties and they can no longer get um, get loans on them um, because yeah. their debt to income ratio is so high. Um, at that point, you either sell off a bunch of properties and capture that equity and use that to get more properties and, and then like reposition yourself so your DTI is at a better place. Um, or you can be at that situation where you have a high DTI and you can't get a loan, but then you tap into your self-directed IRA and just keep doing it in there. Um, it's, that's, it's just another, another tool, another strategy that's available for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just... It's all all comes down to the education, and the goal long term is cash flow ultimately. Yeah, education. If I'm if I'm correct, I'm assuming that your audience is people that are wanting to learn how to wholesale or just you know rookies that are trying to get into real estate and what <clears throat> jacket fits the best, right. which way to do this, and maybe they have a full time job and this is going to be a part time gig, or maybe they're super broke and they have a little bit more time to do whatever. Uh, if you have the cash and you go get educated and you have the credit, well then you can go straight into buying rental properties and get the cash flow. If you have a lot of cash and you don't have any credit, then then go partner up with somebody that has credit. If you have a lot of cash and you have a lot of credit and you're doing great, kudos to you, you're kicking butt, you can go straight into apartment complexes, but you need to be educated first. If your audience doesn't have any cash or credit, they can start with wholesaling and start building up that sure. capital, but fix your credit while you're doing all of this. Then you have a nice income, and then you can start learning more tools to put in your toolbox. Maybe do a flip, maybe do a wholesale. I did a wholesale one time uh, just by knowing the right people, and I, I knew I found a deal, and I was like, oh man, this is an awesome deal. And I was looking at it as a rental, and my lender goes, hey dude, why don't you just flip that paperwork and make 20 grand? And I was like, why do you do that? And he said, do this. And I, and I filled it out, and I 
gave it over to uh, you know another buyer who happened to be a tax appraiser guy that fought tax appraisals, <laughs> <laughs> and so he was like, "Yeah, I'll buy it." You know, and I made twenty grand in two hours. And I was like, "Dude, this is awesome!" <laughs> that, that guy's gonna appraise his house a bear. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is great." Well, then he made a ton of money because he fixed it up and turned it into rental and cash flow and appreciate yeah. whatever. So, I've done that. I've done the flips and I've done the rentals. I'll tell you what: if you do the rentals the wrong way, like a mom and pop, then it's gonna be stressful. If you do the way that you're trained, that's mm-hmm. what the mentoring education group is all for. They teach you how to do it like a business. You run it like a business. And the moment that I ran it like a business, man, I had everything fixed. Mm-hmm. And that, it was on my YouTube channel. You can, you can take a look at that example. I had everything fixed. No phone calls. I'm not going to get a phone call for toilets. I'm not going to get a phone call for roof leaks or water heater because everything was fixed. And then I screened those tenants. I didn't. We call them purple Martians. I didn't put any some broke guy that doesn't have a job that can't pay. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure this guy could pay. I wanted to make sure he had a credit. Uh, you know, 650 or better, and he was screened through an online screen, and you know, no felons, that kind of stuff. I wanted a quality tenant in my property, and that guy paid every month, no phone calls. Mm-hmm. And then in and in my lease, I was like, hey man, anything less than 250 bucks, don't call me. You know, if it's a light bulb, change it. You know, don't call me. So. A lot of times, those tenants, they don't want their landlord coming by and snooping around, but you're still yeah. going to go over there quarterly and kind of take a look around and make sure, or you're going to send in your, your AC guy to change out the filter, and he's going to take a look and make sure that there's not, like, dog piss all over your house or something. <laughs> but the, the purpose of it is is to make sure that it's ran as a business. Now, multiply that by 10, and now you're financially independent. Harvest it, multiply that into uh, an apartment complex, and right. now you're growing. And it's just growing, growing. It's playing Monopoly in real life. But mm-hmm. for your audience... If you don't have any cash or credit, put that jacket on. If you do have credit, partner up. It, you know, there's so many different jackets that you can get started For on. Sure. Don't let it stop you. Now, we have a question from a viewer. Uh, it's, uh, it's a different page called Obsessed with Real Estate LLC. They're property house buyers. And I think this question is mainly towards you, Casey. Okay. They, they're saying, in your opinion on getting a realtor license, Half the people I talk to say you don't need one. The other half say if I'm going to take a real estate, if I'm going to take real estate seriously, I need to get my license. And he says, FYI, my friend is a realtor who uh, helps me out with ARV and comps for uh, for his deals. Right. So his question is, in your opinion, is getting the realtor license something that he should or shouldn't do? Great answer. I've gotten that question a few times. I even thought about it whenever I was going through it. So as a realtor. First, you're licensed by the state of Texas, and you have a fiduciary responsibility to whoever you're representing. So, if you're a person of integrity and a person of ethics, and you're not a shady SOB, then go ahead and get your license because it's adding credibility to who you are. Yes, some agents can be look like salesmen or whatever, but whenever I'm sitting down at the table with a seller or a buyer, and I'm presenting comparables, mm-hmm. it's all up front. There's transparency. I am a licensed realtor. I am telling you what your comparables are. I'm telling you what I could buy it for. Um, you're just, you're, you have a little bit of more authenticity. However, if you don't want to spend the 1500 bucks and six months of training and going through the whole license, and you just want to get going, mm-hmm. and if you, as long as you have integrity and ethics and you keep going, then you don't need a license. Because then, also, uh, having a license does put handcuffs on you, you know. 
you have to tell them what their house is worth if you don't have a license. You don't have to. You, all you have to do is say, I'm going to purchase it at this price. You don't have to right. tell them what it's worth. Oh, yeah, I have to tell house. them what it's worth. You don't. Um, I have to tell the people that if it was before 1978, then it could have, you know, lead, lead-based paint or it could have asbestos or, right. you know, somebody was murdered. There. I have to say those things. People that are not licensed don't have to say any of that. They're just like, oh, here you go. But the people that are doing the, the, the end investor, including yourself, you want as much information about that property as you possibly can. And I think it's a benefit. The reason why I got my license was so that way I can analyze my own deals. Right. So I can have access to the market so I can sell it. So I can make commissions whenever I buy properties or sell properties. You know, That way I can have a little bit more leverage. When you don't have a license and you go through, by the way, Marco was my first Realtor when I did my flip, mm-hmm. and I was the investor, and he was my uh, he was my agent. He made more money than I did because he sold the property, made a commission, I made five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you're the investor, you're taking all the risk and everything. And if you're the wholesaler and you don't have a license, that's fine to get started. But I got the license so that way I was involved. Here's the story, uh, real quick. Who is more committed? to breakfast. I want you to think about this. The chicken or the pig? Who's all in? The pig is, right? The chicken just lays the egg and then, ah, there's my breakfast. The, the pig is literally giving us life into breakfast. That's how it is with a licensed agent. My life is in this realm. I've committed sure. myself. Yeah. If you're not ready to do that and you don't want to take on, take on a license, can you make good money? Yes. And you know, eventually, you're probably going to want to go ahead and get your license. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add to that. And it's, it's actually funny because um, I just saw that Hillary commented that um, you know, Hillco has a couple of realtors on the team. Yes, they um, do. Fantastic realtors. And it's always great to be transparent and disclose as much information as possible. Yeah. Like investors want to see that because that that shows a level of sophistication and integrity when you're working with somebody, especially if you've never worked with them before. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that if you're in a situation where maybe you don't have the time, uh, maybe you don't have the money to uh, become a, a licensed realtor, yeah. um, get started as a wholesaler, but under someone else. Like join a team like here at Hillco that mm-hmm. that has realtors on the team that can mm-hmm. access MLS, help you with the comps, um, and then you do a couple of deals, set aside some money from every single deal, and use that to eventually work your way up into becoming a licensed realtor. Um, and, uh, and we've talked about this on a couple of shows where, um, you know, we had Ian on the show a, a while back um, that talking about the benefits of being a licensed realtor and a wholesaler. I mean, mm-hmm. you can capitalize on, on a deal multiple times. Um, and, and I loved his example of, you know, you bring in a contract, you make the assignment fee, and later on down the road, you call up that person and say, hey, remember we did that deal together? By the way, do, <laughs> do you, you want, want me to list it? House? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, and if they list it with you, then you, know, you, you can get the commission off of it on the back end too. Yeah. You know, like there's, no, there's nothing that says you can't do that. Um, so, you know, I think uh, it's, it's not a requirement to be a licensed realtor it, as when you're getting started as a wholesaler, but it definitely helps. Um, and uh, I, I also want to throw in there uh, something that we've talked about numerous times about 
um, bad reputations for wholesalers. Oh, you know, yeah. a lot of oh, that. Yeah. A lot of that comes All from us. people oh, who, yeah. <laughs> who uh, get into the business and they don't know what they're doing because they don't have that education that a licensed realtor would have. Yep. You know, you go in there and you say certain things that in the industry mean something that you're not trying to convey, and that's that's where where people get in trouble. You know, like you know, as a wholesaler. We are not selling deals, we're not selling properties, we're selling equitable interest in contracts. There's a very significant difference in that verbiage and you can get in trouble for that. Um, and if you're a licensed realtor and you are using the incorrect ver verbiage, you can get in even more trouble for if it. If you're using the wrong <laughs> form, you can get in trouble. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to kind of speak on that. I think that's telling. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, so you know, I, I preach a lot about it at my workshops about, you know, if you're expecting to do this long term, your reputation is everything. Absolutely, People yeah. don't understand. I didn't realize, honestly, as well, that uh, coming into wholesale, I didn't realize how, how, how many big investors um, know each other. <laughs> San Antonio is a big city, but, you know, the... the in Our the circle is this big. Yeah, yeah, the circle is that big. I'm like, what? That person knows yeah. this one? And then I, I'm here on Facebook. I see a lot of the investors... Um, that I didn't think knew each other, hanging out oh, and talking yeah. all the time. I'm yeah, like, man, man. it's yeah. you know, it's you know, you, your reputation is everything in real estate, mm -hmm. and because you know, the reason why a lot of realtors like you know dislike wholesalers, you know, some realtors. I'm not saying all realtors, okay, but you know, some people give you know, wholesalers uh, a bad reputation, or not just the wholesalers themselves, but it's because. You know, realtor, uh, realtors, right? Mm -hmm. I see the way you pronounce it. Realtors, <laughs> yeah. Realtors. Yep. They, um, <laughs> you know, they have, uh, they, they have guidelines. They have rules. They, they got to disclose everything. When, when you're a wholesaler, all you have is your moral, your integrity. That, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that is on the line, and you, of course, your reputation. You know, so that's why I preach a lot about it. If you're expecting to do this long term, you know, you need to fully disclose everything. Don't lie, don't cheat. I tell people there's enough money in San Antonio and enough houses to go around, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, tons, I, tons of deals. You know, so it's, it's, it's just crazy because I see a lot of, uh, I see a lot of wholesalers, they try to max out. They try to go, they try to, you know, do 85% formulas. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, dude, no, <laughs> like, like you're 10% right? off. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. so, yeah. you know, it's just, you know, do your due diligence right. Fully disclose everything. Don't go into a deal expecting to it'll magically work or you'll ma figure it out along the way. You know it's very important you do your due diligence first. Mm -hmm. Fully disclose everything. I've I met some people who were new, didn't even know what lead-based paint is, and their house was, you know, like a hundred years old. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, where's the lead-based paint disclosure? I need that as well. They're like, well, what is that? And I'm like, oh man, here it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is anything before 1978, okay? Let me yeah. tell you about the yeah. paint, okay? It's state law. In it, state it law, is. you have to have these things covered. Yeah. You know, yeah. and full disclosure and seller's disclosures as well. You know, right. a lot of people I've met uh, buyers who, or I met um, contractors who, you know, of course they they do their own construction, they do their own fix and flips and stuff like that, and they wanted to sell it to us, and they're like, what? No, I'm not doing a seller's disclosure. What? I don't need that. I don't ever ask for that. I if don't you don't want to get sued, yeah, yeah, you need it. I'm like, how do you not? You know, I was like, no, I understand, sir, but this is to protect you, the seller, and the buyer. So right. we we need a full disclosure. You know, 
full disclosures on everything. It goes a long way and it just builds a great reputation for you as far as your integrity and moral. You know, it takes you further than somebody who's trying to just not disclose anything. And uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about I that. Would, I, would like to, <laughs> I would like to jump on this bandwagon. Exactly. <laughs> go ahead, go all ahead. right. So you were talking about the circle of uh, people that are involved in San Antonio real estate. Yeah. We know each other. You've been in the game for a little while. You're going to know this yeah. person, this person, this person, this person. If you're a jerk, they know about it. They're not going to work with you. If you have no integrity and you are shady or if you screw somebody over, it, it's like wildfire. Oh, Boom, everybody yeah. knows and you're screwed. You're not going to be able to do any business because we only want to be able to work with people first that we like. Since I've been in the game for a little bit, you know, let's say 10 years, uh, you start to know who's who and what's what. And you're the owners of this company, highest integrity. And it's not like kissing their butt or anything, but I wanted to work with these people. I wanted to hang out with these people. I wanted to be friends with these people and grow in this. And you know, when you start getting a little bit older and you're working in this business, whatever, you get to pick and choose who you want to hang out with. And those two people, that's why their company is becoming successful and growing quickly is because people are putting their trust in them. Why? Because they have integrity, they have a reputation. Uh, some of the other people that I know, it's like great reputation. Great lenders and title companies, great reputation, great you know, ethics and integrity. You want to continue to work with them because as realtors, we represent the end buyer right. or, or whoever. <clears throat> and so far, y'all are doing great. I appreciate that. You know, I have seen uh, people blacklist people on Facebook. They yeah. go out. They go out of their way to share on every single group as much oh, as possible. Yeah, so when we see those people coming to us, we're like, you know, we're sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to associate. It's, it's hard to have uh, get rid of that stigma after you've seen somebody else. Oh, yeah. Put, put, put that out there. Yeah. yeah, but you know, two two sides to the story, though. But you yeah. know, always two sides. Yeah. yeah, but when I see big investors, um, you know, blacklisting people on social media, I'm like, okay, I know they really messed up, you know, because as somebody who knows that investor. I know it's really hard to mess up with those people, and if you really yeah. did something shady like that, it's like I, I probably won't associate myself. You can't, with yeah, you yeah. can't, because it's literally your business. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we are at the uh, fifty-minute mark, so uh, normally we go for about forty-five minutes to an hour, but I guess since apparently these <laughs> people need to use the room more than we do, wow, uh, we'll go ahead <laughs> and, uh, and bring our podcast episode to a close. Is there anything you want to add to the episode before we finish? Yes. So specifically, um, if you're looking to be able to learn about rental properties and how mm -hmm. to do rental properties, then just go to Lifestyles Unlimited online and you can check out any of the videos and the free workshops and all of that. That's the plug for them. That's fine. As far as working with me, I'm one of their realtors. You can uh, find me at you know Casey Klaus and Lifestyles and talk to me specifically, but I cannot work with you unless you're a member. Okay. I can, however, if you are a wholesaler and you found a property and you bring it to these guys, I can still, that's, I'm looking for wholesalers, I'm looking for properties that are discounted because we're bringing the end buyer to the table is what I do specifically. Okay. Cool. Cool. Awesome, well, I appreciate All you right. so much. Well, thanks for your time and uh, thank you guys for watching and uh, uh, pretty soon we'll upload the audio for this so you can actually just listen to it as a podcast episode wherever you listen to podcasts. <clears throat> We're gonna All right, good luck, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one.